Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Father, we worship you, O oh God. Only you, O oh Lord, know how to give us exactly what we need. You're gracious enough to give us what we desire, but you know how to give us exactly what we need. And for that, God, we glorify you this morning. We exalt your name. You're the absolute source of our strength. As your word says, it's you who enables us both to will and act for your good purpose. So, Lord, continue to fill us with the knowledge of your will so that we may walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you, and bearing fruit in every good work. And that's our prayer this morning. It's very simple. Fill us with the knowledge of your will so that we may walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you and bearing fruit in every good work. Now, God, we ask that you would touch the man of God that you've ordained for this moment to bring the word of God. We thank you for his study. We thank you for his preparation. But most of all, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that resides on the inside of him. You be glorified. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let us receive Pastor Keith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's so good to know that wherever the Lord finds us, he can reach us. Somebody needs to be reminded this morning that he can reach you. Somebody feels like they're in a difficult place, but the Lord can reach you. Somebody may feel like they're in a pit, but the Lord can reach you. I'm so glad that no matter how far I think I'm away from God, that God can yet reach me. Matter of fact, the Bible declares that while we were yet sinners, he sent his son to die for us. He loved us that much that while we were yet sinners, he reached us. There's no circumstance that we find ourselves in that the Lord can't reach us. Hallelujah. Thank you for his reaching power. I want you to go quickly to your Bibles. If you can go with me to John chapter 16. John chapter 16. I'm so grateful for the worship team this morning. I want to just say publicly thank you to Sam. Many people haven't met Sam yet, but he's been helping us and cultivating an atmosphere of worship in this place. I feel something different on him this morning. So grateful for my wife who's been leading that ministry. I felt something different on her. Just a sweet spirit of worship in this place. John chapter 16. I want us to look at verses 28 through 33. 
I'm reading from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, John chapter 16. We're going to look at verses 28 through 33. So if you have it, I know a few of us are in the sanctuary. If we could just stand to our feet in reverence of God's holy word. I've been on a sermon series called The Pursuit of Peace. How many people know in this season we need to pursue peace? Um, as much as going on in our land, we need peace. John chapter 16, verse 28, it reads as thus, the Bible says, I came forth from the Father, this is Jesus speaking, and I've come into the world. I am leaving the world again and going to the Father. Think about that if Jesus said, I got to leave you. Verse 29 says, his disciples said, lo, now you are speaking plainly and not, are not using a figure of speech. Now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. By this we believe that you came from God. Verse 31 says, Jesus answered to them, do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered each to his own home and to leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the Father is with me. And watch verse number 33. This is why Jesus kind of prefaces all of this. In verse 33, he says, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. That's good news to me. In the world you have tribulation. But take courage for I have overcome the world. I want to read verse number 33 again. Jesus says, these things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. Some versions say, take heart, for I have overcome the world. I want to minister from this subject as you take your seats. Uh, I want to minister from this subject, reassuring peace. Reassuring peace. It makes it difficult to navigate your journey in God when your present realities don't reflect the promises of God. I don't know about anybody else, but it makes it difficult to navigate this journey when what I see in the natural does not mirror what God has said in the spirit. I, I want to make this plain. When lack seems more prevalent than our abundance, it makes it difficult to navigate this journey. When, when failures seem more frequent than our victories, it makes it difficult to navigate this journey. When weariness seems more commonplace than our strength, it makes it difficult to navigate this journey that we're on. And this is significant because when our realities seemingly outweigh the promises of God, it hinders our ability to put our hope in God. I, I, I want to say that again. This is so significant to every believer because when our present realities outweigh the promises of God, it hinders our ability to put our hope in God. And hear this, the peace of God comes to validate the hand of God when life makes it difficult to put our hope in God. I hope y'all just caught what I just said. The peace of God comes to validate the hand of God when life makes it difficult to put our hope in God because it's hard to have hope in it and I need to at least be reassured that God's hand is in it. Did y'all catch what I just said? When, when life makes it difficult to, to 
have hope or put our hope in it, I at least need to know God's hand is on my life. Uh, in other words, the peace of God is reassuring. That's good news to me. I don't know about anybody else this morning, but I need God to reassure some things in my life. When God seems distant, I need to be reassured that God's hand is still on my life. When disease seems to be far-reaching, I need to be reassured that God's hand is still on my life. When death is all around me, I need to be reassured that God's hand is still on my life. The good news is that God sends his peace to reassure his children that he is both with us and for us. The peace of God comes to let us know that God is still with us. And it can be difficult when I see many protests going on. When we see this pandemic, it can seem like God is not with us. But God sends his peace to let us know he's with us and for us. The peace of God, I talked about this throughout our sermon series, that the peace of God is rewarding. I talked about how the peace of God is remaining. And I talked about how the peace of God is reassuring. And if we can be honest with ourselves, no matter your duration with your walk with God, no matter your devotion to your walk with God, and no matter your depth of your walk with God, there are times when you need to be reassured of God's hand on your life. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care what kind of relationship you think you have with God. There are times in the life of a believer that I just need to be reassured. And herein lies the dilemma we find in our text. The disciples, watch this, they walk with Christ. They worship with Christ and they even did the will of Christ. Yet their hope in Christ was still challenged and therefore found themselves in need of reassurance. Now, many of us can't have that testimony. We didn't walk physically with Christ. We didn't worship physically with Christ. Many of us, yes, we may do the will of Christ, but these disciples did all of that and they still needed a level of reassuring. Notice what Jesus warns his disciples of in John chapter 16. He reassures them or warns them of an assured persecution. In verses 1 through 6, the Bible says that Jesus told them the world would attack you. He, he warns them of an assured predicament. In verses 5 through 11, he said, I'm going to leave you. And he reminds them or warns them of an assured pain. In verse 20, he said sorrow would overwhelm them. I believe that can, we, can, we can resonate with this warning in this text. We're facing grace, great persecution as believers. We're, we're in a season or, or this predicament where we feel like God is absent. And many of us are, are, are facing immense pain, sorrow that seems never ending. And it left them assuredly perplexed. I believe as believers, we're perplexed in this season. I don't know about y'all, but I, I try to keep um, um, watch of the news. And every time I turn on the news in 2020, it seems like there's something else. And it's leaving many believers perplexed to the point where his own disciples needed reassuring peace. Therefore, in our text, Christ provides them with peace that would reassure them of God's hand on their lives despite this insurmountable journey ahead of them. And here, I believe many of the people of God find themselves in a similar predicament with their current journey and the journey ahead of them. Yet it is the peace of God that must come to reassure us on this journey. But here's a critical question. How does the peace of God reassure us on this journey? 
I know y'all may be asking, Pastor Keith, how does this peace of God reassure us? I believe we can glean from our text even how when the realities of life challenge our hope, we can be assured of God's hand on our life. I want us to look at the text so that we can find reassurance of God's peace. Let's look at verse number 30. Verse number 30 says, now we know that you know all things and have no need for anyone to question you. But this we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, do you not believe? I want you to hear this. Every prophecy, every promise, and every proclamation of God is affirmed by the peace of God. So the first thing I want you to know, that peace is affirming. The reason I can receive reassurance is because peace is affirming. It's the peace of God that assures us that every prophecy, every promise, and every proclamation will come to pass. Because the peace of God is affirming. That means your security in the word of God is sealed when you receive the solace of God. Somebody put that in the comment box. I need peace. This is why the disciples made this declaration in verse 30 of our foundational text. Notice what they said. By this we believe you came from God because the peace of God helped them believe what they could not see. There are times where God will take us on a journey where we can't see in the natural and God brings his peace to affirm what he is said so hear this the next time your spiritual sight is challenged we got to ask the Lord to send his peace oh I need God to send his peace I know you ordained it Lord but send your peace I, I know you declared it Lord but send your peace I know it's in your word God but I still need you to send your peace We've got to ask God to send his peace because there are times when we need the peace of God to help our unbelief. Uh, Y'all don't like that, but I want you to know even as believers, we struggle with unbelief and there's times where we, God, we need God to send his peace because the peace of God comes to affirm. And here's one definition of affirm. It's to validate the authenticity. And if we can be honest, there are times where we need to be sure what we've heard is from God and it's worth holding on to. So God sends his peace. This is why. Peace affirmed God's presence with the children of Dan in Judges 18, 6. Peace affirmed God's presence promised to Hannah in 1 Samuel 1, 17. And peace affirmed God's provision to David in 1 Chronicles 12, 18. Here's a word of wisdom. You can follow proclamation when peace follows it. And herein lies the problem with many believers. They are following pro proclamations and prophecies that are not followed by peace. If somebody gives me a word, I need God to send his peace after it. And we've got too many people following proclamations, watch this, even from preachers that they have not yet received peace on. Because if God said it, he sends his peace after it. Oh, I hope y'all caught what I just said. Don't sow another seed until peace follows that plea. Don't marry another soul until peace follows that prophecy. You got folk marrying people off of a prophecy and no peace was followed by that prophecy. You got people giving away their whole paychecks to churches and there was no peace after the plea. 
Don't offer your service unless peace follows the proclamation. I'm going to give you all a prime example. I asked some of the women in our church to serve our single mother's ministry, and I told um, one of our own to not do it unless she has a level of peace with it. And because she had no peace, she did not serve. How many in the church will serve because the pastor made a plea, but there was no peace after it? Because peace will keep us out of a lot of problems and many of us got into situations and God did not send us the peace and then we wonder why we got into all these problems because there was no peace after it this is how you know God is in it if there's peace after it stop listening to please stop listening to prophecies stop listening to proclamations if there's no peace that follows it because peace of God always affirms it affirms, it affirms, it affirms. So the first thing I want you to know, the reason why we can be reassured with the peace of God is because the peace of God affirms. Here's the second thing I want you to know. Let's look at verse number 32. It says, behold, the hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered each to his own home and to leave me alone. Yet I'm not alone because the father is with me. Here's some good news. Just as God appoints seasons God also appoints the solace that we need to endure those seasons. So in other words, your peace has been appointed. Here's my second point. Not only is peace affirming, but peace is also appointed. That's good news to me. That means in seasons of transition, your peace has already been appointed. In seasons of trial, your peace has already been appointed. And in seasons of tragedy, your peace has already been appointed. It may be painful now, but peace is on the way. Some, somebody needs to put that in the comment box. It may be painful now, but peace is on the way because your peace is appointed. That's good news. Watch what Jesus says. He, he warns his disciples in verse 32 of our foundational text of a promised season and of a present season of affliction. But even as their season of struggle was appointed, so was their solace. That means whenever God ordains problems in the life of a believer, he also ordains my peace. And we get so caught up in the problems that we miss out that God has appointed our peace. He appoints it. Uh, so there may be somebody going through a problem right now and we're so focused in this season of problems that we miss out on our season of peace. As a believer, we must declare, I expect problems in this journey, but I also expect my peace because your peace is appointed. And this is why I want you to write this down. First Peter chapter five, verse 10. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. The Bible says this. After you have suffered for a while, he himself will perfect you, establish you, strengthen you, and settle you. That means we will suffer, but your solace is always after. Ah, it's good to know that there will be glory after this. You know, in the church, and especially in the black church, we love to say there'll be glory after this, but it's good news to know that there'll be peace after this. Because glory, watch this, is always due to him. It's good that glory is after this. I know, God, you're going to get the glory after this. I know after the pandemic, you're going to get glory. But watch this, peace is always due us. Ah, that's good news that peace is due to us. God says, after you've suffered for a little while, he'll perfect you, establish you, and strengthen you, and watch this, settle you. That means give you peace. In the midst of problems, we have to remind ourselves that there will be peace 
after this. I don't know who's going through something, but there'll be peace after this. I don't know what your circumstance is this morning, but there'll be peace after this. So if we can endure the problem, we can receive our peace. So here's the, he's, here's the prerequisite to our peace, endurance. The prerequisite to your peace is endurance. This is why the writer of Hebrews declared this concerning Abraham in Hebrews 6.15. Watch what the writer of Hebrews says. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. That means it's not that God hasn't promised you peace, but many are unwilling to patiently wait for their season of peace. I've got too, you got too many believers that complain. You got too many believers that fall out of the race. And God says, because Abraham patiently endured, he received his promise. We got too many believers that faint before their peace can be fulfilled. We have to fight for, but even more, fight until we receive our peace. Did y'all hear what I just said? If I want peace, I've not only got to fight for my peace, but I have to fight until our peace is fulfilled. This is why we are admonished with these words in Galatians 6 and 9. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Don't faint until your peace is fulfilled. Somebody at the brink of fainting this morning. Don't faint until your peace is fulfilled. Because the peace of God is reassuring. Because our peace is appointed. Here, I'm going to be out your way. I want y'all to know that peace is affirming. Peace is also appointed. At some point, my, my season of peace will be fulfilled. But let's look at verse number 33. The Bible says, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. The peace of God should always be accessible to the believer because the peace of God abides in the believer. Did y'all hear what I just said? My... No believer should ever walk void of peace because the peace of God is always accessible to me because the peace of God abides in me. Because watch this, as long as the spirit of God abides in us, then the solace of God will always accompany us. Here's my third point. Peace accompanies. This is why Jesus said in verse 33 of our foundational text that our peace was made accessible, not simply through him, but in him. His spirit. In other words, the peace of God is reassuring because the peace of God accompanies us. So that means if the peace of God does not accompany you, then you need to question the spirit that abides in you. Did y'all hear what I just said? If, if the spirit of peace does not accompany me in this journey, then I need to question the spirit that abides in me. Some of us have a spirit, but it's just not his spirit. Ah, I need the spirit of peace. Galatians 5.22 reminds us that the fruit of the spirit is peace. So if you follow the spirit, then peace should follow you. The reason why many believers don't have peace following them is because you don't follow the spirit. You got a nasty attitude and the spirit of peace won't follow you. You don't like people and the spirit of peace won't follow you. If you follow the spirit, then peace should follow you. As believers, we must ask ourselves, what are we following? Because watch this. Your disobedience to the spirit of God may be the very reason that you've been denied the peace of God. You know how many people start complaining 
when life isn't going the way that they want it to go? When people start getting all, I'm just, nothing ain't going right for me. Nothing, I don't feel like God's hand is on me. Maybe you're not following the spirit of God. And the spirit of peace can't follow you. Because your peace should accompany the believer. Watch, Watch throughout the New Testament, we see the peace of God accompanying the people of God. Those who had the spirit of God. Peace was with the church in Rome. In Romans 15, 33, it says, now with the God of peace be with you all. Peace was with the church in Corinth. 2 Corinthians 13, 11 says, and the God of love and peace be with you all. And the peace was with the church in Philippi. In Philippians 4, 9, and the God of peace will be with you. The peace of God was with them because the peace of God was in them. They housed the spirit of God, but more importantly, watch this, they heeded the spirit of God. Why is this significant? Consider Colossians 3.15. The Bible says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Because if you don't let the spirit of peace rule your life, then the spirit of peace will never reign over your life. If I never allow the spirit of peace, God's spirit to rule over my life, The spirit of peace will never reign in your life. Somebody needs to check their obedience. This is why we should never grieve the spirit, disobey, because the spirit can give us what we need when we grieve him. You you know, there's some many times there's there's prerequisites for an inheritance. And God says all that Jesus said, all that has been given to me, I give to you. This is what the Bible says. But, but the spirit can't give us anything that we greet when we grieve him. Ah, stop grieving the spirit. Somebody say stop disobeying. Maybe the reason you don't walk in peace and with peace is because you don't walk faithfully with the spirit of peace. Because the peace of God is reassuring because peace accompanies the believer. I don't know what y'all expected this morning, but I want us to be reassured by peace. When it's difficult, to put our hope in God, we need to be reassured that we still have the hand of God. And God will send his peace to reassure us that his hand is still with us. God's peace is reassuring because the peace of God affirms. The peace of God is appointed. It's on its way and the peace of God accompanies us. Yet I believe we find an even greater reassurance of of the peace of God in our text. Let's look at the latter portion of verse 33. Jesus said these words, in the world you have tribulation, but take courage for I have overcome the world. Here's what that means. God's peace is reassuring because his peace abounds. In other words, there is nothing that may try to overwhelm us that God's peace cannot overcome. Oh, that's good news to me. Put this in the comment box. His peace is greater. Every pain that you're going through, his peace is greater. Every persecution that you're going through, his peace is greater. Every problem that you're dealing with, his peace is greater because his peace abounds. Oh, that's good news. I can be reassured no matter what I deal with that God's peace is greater. God's peace is reassuring because whatever tries to overwhelm us, his peace can overcome it. Somebody needs to be reassured this morning about the Lord's peace. And God says, my peace will affirm you on this journey. 
whatever the Lord said, we've got to be waiting patiently for God to send his peace. Because once his peace comes, his peace affirms what we heard, God is going to heed that word. We've got to understand that God's um, peace is appointed. It's on its way. Somebody may be saying, I- I'm waiting on my season of peace. And God is saying, wait, wait patiently. Can you endure patiently? And your season of peace will come. God says, watch this, that, that, that if I could just um, receive this peace that God is going to send my way. God says, I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're dealing with. But my peace abounds. That's good news to me. That is peace abounds. Let us pray. Father, we bless your name. God, many on this journey need to be reassured. God, we're dealing with difficult times. God, where it makes it difficult to put our hope in you. But God, we simply need to know that your hand is upon our life. Reassure us with your peace, God. Reassure us with your peace, God. Reassure us with your peace. God, affirm some things. God, we won't follow another thing. God, if we don't have your peace afterwards. So affirm us on this journey, God. God calls us to wait patiently and endure, God, like a good soldier. Because we know, God, our peace has been appointed. And God, thank you, God, that peace should walk alongside us. Because, God, your peace will accompany us. But, God, we've got to heed your spirit. Because if the spirit of peace abides in us, It should also accompany us. But we got to follow your spirit, God, so that peace might follow us. And no matter what we're going through, no matter what it feels like, no matter when life seems to overwhelm us, God, your peace abounds. Remind somebody this morning, God, that's struggling how they're going to find their next meal, that your peace abounds. Remind somebody, God, that's in a difficult situation, even now that your peace abounds, your peace is greater. Thank you, God. That greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. So if a peace abides in me, God, I know it's greater than whatever I'm facing. God, we love you and adore you. And every heart that believes said, thank God and amen. Hallelujah. Somebody may be saying, I don't have the peace of God abiding in me. The only way that God and his spirit can abide in us is if we give our life to him. Somebody's struggling with that this morning. And and if that's you and you say, I need that kind of peace, all you got to do is make a confession. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you'll be saved. And then watch this instantly. God will place his spirit in us. There's this transformative work that the Lord can do when we give our life to Christ. So if you want to give your life to Christ this morning, all you got to do is confess with your mouth. What are you confessing? I'm confessing that I'm in need of a Savior. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. If you say I'm in need of a Savior, you've made a great confession. And then you got to say, what else am I confessing? That Jesus is the only Savior. For the Bible declares in John 14, 6, that no man comes to the Father but by me. This is Jesus speaking. 
So I'm in need of the right Savior, and that's Jesus Christ. And what else am I confessing? Not only am I in need of a Savior, not only is Jesus the right Savior, but I now want him the Lord over my life. The Bible says that even the demons believe, but they did not allow Jesus to Lord over their lives. We've got to allow Jesus to Lord over our lives. And if you can confess that with your mouth and believe that in your heart, the Bible says you are saved. If you made that declaration this morning, I want to pray with you. Let me pray with that believer that you might receive the spirit of peace to abide in you. Father, we thank you, God, for that heart that is now believing. As your disciples said in the text, we now believe that you've come from the Father. Somebody's made that declaration this morning. And God, they've given their life to Christ. Thank you for that confession. For the Bible declares, when one comes, heaven rejoices. God, heaven is rejoicing this morning for that one life. God, we rejoice in the earth for that one life that has given their life to Christ. Now keep them, God, as a transformative work. God, put your spirit of peace in them. And God, let them abide with you until they go to glory. We love you and adore you. And we thank you for that life, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you made that decision this morning, I want you to email our church. We want to walk alongside you on this journey. No believer should ever walk this journey alone. And we want to walk alongside you. So send an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org so that we can walk alongside you on this journey. We're called to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I know many of us think that's just a church setting, but no believer should be in this journey by themselves. So let us help you walk that journey out. And somebody may be saying this morning, I've never met you, Pastor Keith, personally. I've never been to the Way Church. I've never been to 129 North Astor Avenue. But there's something that's in my heart saying I need to be connected with this local body. If that's you, we'd love to be your church family. I'd love to be your pastor. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't just simply love to be your pastor, but I'd love to be your shepherd. I, I take that title so seriously. And notice what a shepherd did. A shepherd was not somebody that was put up on a pedestal, but a shepherd was in the sheep's pen. He did the dirty work. He made sure that the wolves did not come after the sheep. He did everything he could to protect the sheep. He fed the sheep. He guarded the sheep. And he led the sheep. Listen, I want as long as I'm in this earthly journey, I want to be a pastor that leads God's people. I want to be a pastor that feeds God's people. And I want to be a pastor that protects God's people. And you're saying, I need that kind of church. I need that kind of shepherd. I'd love to be your shepherd. And if you say, hey, you want to join our church, send us an email to churchoffice at waytampabay.org so that we can embrace you in a soon coming day, that we can hug on you, we can love on you, and I can help shepherd you in this earthly journey. Thank you again for joining us this morning. I'm going to ask my wife to return before, but before she returns, I want to uh, ask this of our church. Listen, pray for me. Pray for your pastor. Um, I try to be as, as uh, um, outspoken as I can, and I want to always um, let you know what's going on with me, but just pray for your pastor. Many pastors need prayer as well. We can come up here, we can preach, we can give words of encouragement, but nobody knows what's going on behind closed doors. I'm not saying anything's wrong, but I need strength too as well. 
I want to have strength to pastor and lead you. So pray for me. And I want to say this as well. Let's remain connected. We may not see one another in the physical in this season, but there's somebody that simply needs to hear a comforting voice in this season. There's a single woman who wants to come to church and fellowship with the believers, but she can't. But you can give them a call. You can say, hey, how are you doing? You can, get, you can pray with them. Somebody needs to hear your voice. So if there's been somebody that the Lord has put on your heart, call them this week. Tell them you're praying for them. Tell them you love them and tell them you miss them. Hey, I miss you guys. I love you. And I'll say this one last thing. Our church is in great prayer about regathering again. So I want you to be in prayer about that as well. It'll be a limited capacity and we'll have protocols in place. But I think it's necessary in this season of all that's going on that we need the fellowship and the, the corporate worship of the believers. So we're praying about that. We're planning that. So I want you to pray as well as me and uh, my assistant, Pastor, Pastor Cole, kind of lay out a groundwork for how we move forward. Amen. So I love you guys. I miss you guys. And I pray that the reassuring peace of God touches you throughout this week. If, my, if you can well, actually, Minister Dominique, I said my wife. Minister Dominique is not my wife. Let's receive Minister Dominique at this time. Amen, amen, amen. Wasn't that just such a great word? Uh, I believe that as Pastor Keith was uh, preaching and teaching, I was reminded that every nature of God reflects peace. You have God of peace, Jesus Christ, the Son of peace. And then the Holy Spirit, who one of the fruits is peace. So I was quickly reminded that if we're created in the image of Christ, we should always be reflecting peace. That was such a great word, and it really touched my heart and my spirit to be reminded that even though there's a lot going on around us, the pandemic, the political parties, just everything that's happening in the world, I was quickly reminded that as a Christian, we should be calm and we should pursue peace. Let's transition to uh, to giving in, in the service. It should be on the screen, but if you want to give, you can go to our website at www. One minute, I'm sorry. Website is www.wadetampabay.org. You can go onto the website and give that way. Also, you can give the cash out way. That's the dollar sign, the Way Church of TB. Again, if you want to give by the Cash App Way, it is dollar sign, the Way Church of TB. And here at the Way Church of Tampa Bay, we believe that you should give according to what God puts on your heart. We don't want to force anybody to give a certain amount, but you should be giving according to what you believe God has placed on your heart. God loves a cheerful giver. So if you want to give, please give according to what you believe God has placed on your heart. And also, while you're giving, keep in mind that keep Pastor Keith in prayer. I don't know what he's dealing with, but he knows what he's dealing with. As the man of this house, I'm sure he's under many attacks because he's after God's own heart. So if you are um, in, in connection with Pastor Keith or the church, Please keep him uplifted in prayer, his family, his kids. But before we benedict, I want to pray for Pastor Keith myself. 
as, as a man of God at this house, I want to keep our pastor uplifted. So if you can, bow your heads wherever you are. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray over Pastor Keith right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, only you know what he is dealing with, Lord. I pray that you touch his ear gates so that he continue to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I pray that he continues to be sensitive to the promptings that you give to him through the Holy Spirit, Lord. I pray that you touch his eye gates, that whatever he may see in the earthly realm, Lord, that he's able to see it in the spiritual realm, Lord. I pray that you continue to touch his eye gates, Lord, that whenever he looks at, that it does not deviate from what you have called him to do, Lord. Even when it looks like pain, even when it looks like confusion, Lord, I pray that you continue to press him, continue to push him in those darkness times and those dark locations of the world, Lord. I pray that you guide him, Lord, that you order his footsteps, Lord. I pray that you continue to keep a hedge of protection over his life, Lord. I pray that in the midst of confusion and in the, in, in the midst of defeat, Lord, that you give him providence, Lord, that you give him peace, Lord, that you continue to give him plans and pursue him and give him that pursuit, Lord, to reach the loss. Lord, I pray that right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that whatever he's dealing with, Lord, that you give him a piece of calmness, Lord, to be reminded, Lord, that you should never leave him nor forsake him, Lord. The Bible says that anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word, but a good word makes it glad, Lord. I pray that you continue to give him a good word right now in the name of Jesus. And it's in your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And as we benedict from here, I'm going to also close us out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the word on today, Lord. I pray that the word that Pastor Keith brought before us gave us all peace, gave us a new plan, gave us a new pursuit. I pray that the message that Pastor Keith preached on today did not fall on deaf ears, Lord. I pray that your people got understanding got new knowledge and I pray that they're able to regurgitate the word back to believers and unbelievers Lord I pray that you continue to cover your people Lord especially in the midst of the pandemic because every time that we turn on the news there's something new Lord and it's just a distractionary device that the enemy uses Lord to keep us away from your will Lord let us be reminded that if we go outside of the will of God to get something that we have to stay outside of the will of God to keep it Lord I pray that whatever we're pursuing that is according to your word, Lord, realign us with your word, Lord. Give us peace. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.